how much should I advocate for my sons? Should I be the mom who micromanages every detail of his life? Or should I take a more fatalistic approach that says, well, I guess that's what God wanted? Or perhaps somewhere in between. That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. I am a mom of four boys, an author, a Bible teacher, and a certified biblical parenting coach. This is the podcast for moms who may feel a bit frazzled and overwhelmed by the responsibility of raising boys. If you want your boys to grow up to be strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus, this is the show for you. In all the chaos of raising boys, we recognize that Christ is the only one who can redeem the chaos in our world, our homes, and our own hearts. I know that I can't do this alone. I desperately need God to give me strength every step of this journey. But guess what? I also need you. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. Hey, mamas, it has been quite a while since I have chatted with you all. So how was your summer? Has school started yet for you guys? As usual, summer flew by for our family and was filled with lots of fun and family time, hence my absence here on this podcast. So here in Pennsylvania, my boys started school last week, about the third week in August, and I feel like the start of school is so full of mixed emotions, both for my boys and for their mama. They are full of anticipation for the beginning of a new year, yet grieving the end of their vacation. They're excited to see old friends and meet new teachers, yet they're nervous about new schools and busy schedules. So I'm curious, how did your boys feel about the beginning of this school year? I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at laurie at lauriechristine.com. And my name is spelled L-A-U-R-I-E. And then Christine is with a C-H, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Laurie at lauriechristine.com. And tell me a little bit about your boys. What grades are they in? Do you still have kids at home? What type of school do your boys attend? Are they homeschooled? Do they go to public school, Christian school, online charter school, university model, you name it. I would love to learn a little bit more about you and your family and your boys. So this year, my boys are in sixth, fifth, second, and first grade. And as I said a minute ago, the beginning of school can bring with it a lot of mixed emotions. And I'm sure you have experienced this as well in your family. The biggest emotion I often find is anxiety, both for mom and for boys, and maybe especially for moms. So one of my boys this year is moving to a new school building where all seven of the elementary schools in the district converge into one massive fifth and sixth grade building with over a thousand students. It is a big transition that has instilled anxiety into many a parent and child. So I was a little bit worried. Will my son know anyone in his class? Will he have anyone to sit with at lunch? Will he ever see his friends again? As the summer drew to a close and the new school year approached, I found myself asking some hard questions. Do I really trust God with my kids? Do I trust that he knows what's best for them? Does he really have their best interest in mind? So the answer is, of course, yes. He loves them far more than I ever could. He sees the big picture. 
He knows what they need. He knows the person that he wants them to become. He knows exactly what challenges and hardships they need to become the person he wants them to be. But at what point do I just sit back and trust God's sovereign control? And when is it okay to advocate for what I think is best for my kids? The definition of an advocate is someone who publicly supports or defends another person's situation. It is actually a legal term often used to describe lawyers who defend their clients in court. And of course, our natural mother bear instincts want to defend our kids to the death. Our tendency is to protect them from anything bad or uncomfortable happening to them. It's a tricky question, but I think maybe the answer is both. Our tendency is often to protect our kids from anything bad or uncomfortable happening to them. And I think to some extent, that is the right thing to do. We obviously want to keep our kids from physical harm. We want to protect them from emotional trauma. But sometimes there are situations that are beyond our control, and I think it's fine to make an attempt to change a situation for the best, but ultimately we must trust God with the outcome. So I had been praying this summer that my son would end up on the same team as his friends. The school's divided into three different teams, and basically the teams are completely separate and never the twain shall meet. So this particular son has experienced a little bit of bullying in the past, and he tends to be easily influenced by peer pressure. So I was especially anxious for him to be placed on a team with some good friends. A few weeks before the beginning of school, I found out that his three best friends were all placed on the same team, and my son ended up on a different team all by himself. Basically, what that means is he'll never, ever see those friends at school again, ever. So, of course, my response was, really, Lord, how is that fair? Doesn't that seem like a harsh thing for a 10-year-old to have to go through? I was not happy about this news. Questions went through my head. Does God even care about my son? Does he care if he has any friends this year? Does he even hear my prayers? Now. In the grand scheme of things, I realize that this is a very minor issue. I know some of you listening have much heavier, more important matters that you are bringing before the Lord, and I do not want to take that lightly. But I also know that this is an issue that does weigh heavily on many mothers' hearts. We want what is best for our boys. We want them to have friends. We want them to have someone to sit with at lunch and play with at recess. We want them to have peers who will influence them to be decent human beings who make good choices and who are kind to others. So I had a decision to make. Do I just accept things as they are, trusting that God knew what he was doing in placing my son on this team, or do I make an attempt to change the situation? So at least in this situation, I think that there were two right answers. I think I could have just 
let it go and trusted that God would protect my son and provide for him this year. And I don't think it would have been wrong for me to do that, for me to just do nothing in that situation. But I also thought that this might be a good opportunity to connect with my son on a deeper level and that perhaps God would use this situation to strengthen my son's faith. So so I decided to contact the school and see if my son could be switched to the other team to be with his friends. Now, full disclosure, I actually made my husband do it because he is much more diplomatic in these situations than I am. I was afraid that I would get emotional and yell at someone about how the whole system just isn't fair. So he was the one who made the emails, wrote the emails. He was the one who made the phone calls. Um, But first, I wanted to talk to my son about this. I told him about the situation with his friends being on a different team and that he would likely not see them at school this year. I asked him if he would like for me to contact the school and see if he could possibly be switched to the other team. So the reason I checked with him first was because if he didn't really care about this, if he was like, oh, whatever, I don't really care if I'm with those those guys, then it wasn't going to be something I was going to pursue. But I could see relief on his face when I talked to him about it. I could see that he was excited about the prospect of seeing his friends at school. Now, I did tell him that there was a very good chance that the school would say no, but I wanted to pray about it and see how God might answer our prayer. So here is a brief summary of the conversation that I had with my son, and I'm sure it was not nearly as eloquent as what I will say to you right now. Hey, buddy, this is an opportunity for us to trust God and see God at work. I am going to pray about this. Will you pray too? I would love for you to be on the team with your friends, but I don't know if that's God's will for you this year. You know, God always hears us when we pray. Sometimes His answer is yes, but sometimes His answer is no. If the answer is yes, then we will thank God for His mercy and His gracious kindness. But if the answer is no, then we're going to trust that God knows what He's doing. We're going to trust that God has something better in mind for you this year. You know, it's possible that God wants to teach you to trust Him and to rely on Him in a scary situation. So we're going to pray about this, buddy, and we're going to trust God, even if He does not give us the answer we hope for. So I don't know what God has planned for my son this year or how He is working in his heart. Maybe God wants to demonstrate to my son that He answers prayer and that He is powerful Or maybe he wants my son to learn to trust him in the midst of a difficult circumstance. Either way, my prayer is that my son will grow closer to God and that God will continue to bring situations into his life that will strengthen his character and make him more like Jesus, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not my first choice, even if it is hard. And the truth is, God is using this situation to test my own faith as well. Who am I kidding? I think probably this whole situation was all about God testing my faith. Can I trust God with the lives of my kids? Do I trust that He is working in their lives? Do I trust that God cares about their hearts and their friendships as much as I do? Well, I'm sure you're eager to hear the end of the story. As it turned out, we were not able to change my son's team this year. After multiple phone calls and emails with the guidance counselor and the principal, they very politely and emphatically said, no, no way, Jose. 
Again, um, I made my husband do most of the communicating so that I wouldn't burst into tears or burn any bridges with the principal or anything like that. But now, two weeks into school, I can see God's hand in the situation. My son was very gracious and took the news quite well when we told him. He is adjusting to his new classes and his new school, and he is making new friends. So here are just a few of the ways that God showed his kindness through the situation. We were actually able to have my son's seat on the bus switched so that he could at least sit with one of his best friends on the bus. So that's a whole nother story. But yet again, another situation where we advocated for our son. And in that situation, there was action taken and it was a positive outcome. We also found out that one of the boys from his Cub Scout troop is in his homeroom. So he had a familiar face on the first day of school, which was really great. And he came home the first week of school talking about several new boys that he had gotten to know and that he was playing with at recess. So I am thankful for what God is doing in my son's heart. I'm thankful for how God has been gracious to us. And I'm confident that God is working and that he is holding all of my boys in his hands. He allows just the right amount of stress and anxiety and difficulty into our lives in order to bring us closer to him and to transform us into the person that he has created us to be. Now, I just want to say a few more words about advocating for your kids. Do it. As a mom, you know your boys better than anyone. If you think a situation is unjust or it just doesn't sit right with you, by all means, take the steps needed to change the situation. Email the principal, call the guidance counselor, talk to the mom of the other kid that was involved. There's nothing wrong with being that mom. And I would say, especially when your kids are younger, elementary school, middle school. Um, Now, I don't have teenagers yet. I don't have high schoolers. But I do imagine there will come a time when it is no longer appropriate for me to call the mom of one of his friends who is being mean to him on the bus. I mean, what 16-year-old really wants that? Now, On the other extreme, you also don't want to be the mom who never lets your son fail or who never lets him struggle through anything in life. This can also be detrimental for your son's development. I could probably do a whole episode on the importance of allowing your son to fail. And maybe I'll cover that topic in an upcoming episode. But the bottom line is God is ultimately in control. Do what you can to change a situation while humbly trusting God with the outcome of your son's life. But there is one way that we should always advocate for our boys, and that is through prayer. Did you know that the Bible says that Jesus is our advocate? He goes before God the Father on our behalf. 1 John 2, 1 says, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Isn't that a beautiful picture of Jesus pleading our case before the Father? But you know what? We can take our children before the Father as well. We can advocate for our boys and plead their case before our Father in heaven. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can come boldly before the throne of our gracious God and that He will give us mercy and grace when we need it. If you need help knowing how to pray for your kids, I have a free ebook for you that is called Confident Prayers. 
This book is a collection of 10 scripture passages with accompanying prayers based on those same passages. So these prayers will help you use the actual words of the Bible to pray back to God on behalf of your kids. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, We are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. Ephesians 3, 12 says, Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So, mamas, let us boldly bring our children before the throne of our gracious God and advocate on behalf of our boys. You can find this free ebook in the show notes for this episode. Just go to lauriechristine.com forward slash five zero. Now, after a long break from podcasting over the summer, I am so excited to jump back in with some great content for you mamas this fall. Oh, and by the way, did you know that this is the 50th episode of Redeeming the Chaos? Since the beginning of this podcast back in the summer of 2020, I've actually published about 80 episodes, but 30 of them were recordings of my family Easter devotional. So this is like the official 50th content episode. Now, in the past, as you may know, I have not been super consistent with my goal of posting new content every other week. But my goal for this year, and by this year, I mean the school year, because that's kind of how my life is organized these days. My goal this year is to be consistent in producing weekly podcast episodes for you ladies. I am really excited about some of the upcoming topics and guests that we are going to be having on the show. For example, in our next episode, I will be interviewing Hannah Hall, who is the author of the devotional Thirsty, 12 Weeks of Drinking Deeply from God's Word. A few other upcoming topics and guests will include trusting God with my son's heart. And this will be my personal story of my oldest son who was born with a congenital heart defect. Um, a few weeks after that, we will have an interview with Steph Thurling, who is the author of the book Prayerful Kids, and we'll talk, be talking about how to teach your kids to pray. And then another interview coming up is with David Thomas. If you guys remember last oh spring, fall, a while ago, a year ago, I interviewed David Thomas, who is the author of Wild Things, and he has a new book that has come out just this summer, this past summer, and I am so excited about it. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview coming up in a few weeks. His new book is called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. So keep an eye out for that interview coming up. And then lastly, one other thing that I'm really excited about, I am working on a new devotional book for middle grade boys that I will be giving away for free. I am super excited to tell you all about it later this fall. But for now, let me just tell you, it is a devotional Bible story and there are dragons. I mean, what 10-year-old boy isn't going to want to read that? So stay tuned and I can't wait to tell you all about that in an upcoming episode. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for episode 50 of Redeeming the Chaos. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources that will help you raise courageous boys, go to redeemingthechaos.com. 